This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime! You want the best, you've got them for a rip. Often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest show on dirt, the world of outlaws. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy, because ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! to do battle for 30 laps. The green flag is waving. Hello again. It is Wing Nation presented by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us here on Wing Nation. All right, let's see. So uh, Aaron Evernham is on special assignment. Ashley Strummy is on special assignment. So we've gone with the equally attractive... <laughs> Justin Fiedler, who joins us. Hey, man, how are you? Yeah, I'm sorry to all the people that tuned in today to see uh, a much prettier face sitting here and got me instead. It's but, all right. Uh, but it's, it's great right. to be here. We're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, we are good to go. Looking forward to talking sprint car racing. We're going to talk to uh, Anthony Macri and Donnie Schatz. So going to be fun and a great time. Uh, Justin, for those of you unfamiliar, shame on you, but let's make you a little familiar with what he does DirtTracker.com, okay, this D-I-R-T-R-A-C-K-R.com. Tell us about DirtTracker.com, Justin. Uh, Dirt Tracker is kind of a, a you know, an all-encompassing, you know, all, you know, a, anything dirt racing, basically, you can find there. I've got, I've got news. I've got newest podcast episodes. Wing Nation is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got video episodes. I do a daily podcast. I do some longer-form conversations podcasts. Uh, you name it, if it's going on in dirt racing, you can find it at dirttracker.com. Yeah, you do a daily podcast, which in my opinion is you've lost your mind. I have. Yeah, it's. Um, I do about a 10-minute show Monday through Friday, and I probably it probably takes me two hours a day to put together just a 10-minute deal. Yeah, so I believe that. I really do. It's I a really lot of work. <laughs> and the long-form conversations, um, you have uh, Tornado Tori on this one right now, right? Tori, what's How do you pronounce her last name? Knutson. Knutson. That's what yeah. I thought it was. I met her at PRI last year, and that's your long-form interview. She's a fascinating young lady. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like my favorite thing, she drives a forklift during the week yeah. so she can drive a sprint car on the weekends. It's hard to not have respect for somebody that's working 40 hours a week just so they can go sprint car racing on the weekends. It really is. Yeah. It's really, really neat. That's for sure. So again, Dirt Tracker, 
Okay, there's there's one T at the front. Okay, D I R T R A C K. No E. No E. No E. Okay. There we go. Just bookmark it, and that way you've got it. And uh, make sure and uh, the podcast available on all podcasting services. Uh, I listen frequently on Spotify. That's kind of where I get all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, but but uh, but it's on all of there. And so uh, how's how's it going then? It's going really well. Yeah. Everyone everyone's tuning in. Everyone's doing all right with it. Yeah. No, it's growing all the time. And and uh, you know, I've got people now actually reaching out to me, wanting to be on the show. Yeah. And it's great. You know, it's like kind of as you get noticed, people start to realize. um, And then, you know, you're kind of getting people reaching out to you to be on the show and to talk about their topics, what's going on at their racetracks. You know, I've got several tracks now that email me their press releases and things like that, too. So um, it's nice to kind of see the the rest of the community recognize it and and then want to be involved. Absolutely. Then, as if that's not enough time, you continue your pit crew work on the uh, Bubba Wallace number 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports, and you are coming off yeoman's duty with about 72 pit stops at Talladega (laughs) with that wounded race car. Uh, Everything, though, with the pit crew stuff all rolling along as well, right? Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, We've got a really great group this year, and, and, uh, you know, it's been an up-and-down year with Bubba, but we've had some really good runs and and even had a shot this weekend at Talladega, uh, Talladega to win that race, so... Uh, even with all the damage, it didn't matter. So uh, <laughs> didn't have the finish we wanted, but uh, but good to get a chance there to get the 43 up front. I'm telling you, at the end of that thing with that wadded up race car, Bubba was wheeling it. There was oh, no he was. denying that. He was absolutely. He was going for it. He ain't scared of the throttle, that's no, for sure. <laughs> I actually have a great um, – Bubba is uh, – I've done for the last, I think, 22 years, the summer shootout on Tuesday nights at yep. Charlotte. And Bubba, I always, I always affectionately call all these guys one of my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and so I am, I am so happy with where Bubba is – from and where he's going and what's going on and then I see that guy just just rim riding around Talladega Super Speedway and I remember that little snot-nosed kid doing the same thing in a Legends car at Charlotte <laughs> he he was he was not afraid of the throttle over there either he yeah. was he was all in all the time and uh really cool so fun stuff that yep. is for sure absolutely good stuff that's for sure hey let's get to our classic ink screen printing and embroidery hot topics and our hot topic this week is you can't keep a good man down all right, we're going to talk about two champions that you can't keep down. The first one, I think rather obvious, Donnie Schatz. Uh, only four wins this season, Justin. Um, it has certainly been an un like season. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And and it, I feel like that's part of the thing we can't seem to figure out is, is Schatz down a little bit or is everybody else just up a little yeah. bit? And, you know, with guys like Shuhart and Sweet and Gravel that have been so good this year, has he just not been able to kind of keep up with them, or is his program backed up a little bit? I'm not really sure, but it was nice to see him kind of be shots this weekend. Yeah, it is. You're right. You 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 take those three. You've got you. A lot of times he's battling one other guy for a championship, but with Shuhart getting his fair share of wins, um, David Gravel getting his fair share, with Sheldon getting his yeah, fair Sheldon share, too. and then Larson coming in and stealing wins also. Yep. Um, you know, you're right. That's a very valid point. Now, I think we go back to that spectacular finish at Lernerville where him and Larson Man, sweet. Fun. I'm like, okay, there was a little sign of vintage Donnie shots. Yeah. Okay. Um, Saturday night was just straight up. That wasn't a little shot of vintage Donnie shot. That was get yourself in a position, go up and take the lead, hang on at the end and take the biggest check of the season. And that's Donnie shots. And he, and he did it. Uh, an amazing fashion on Saturday. Yeah, and when when there's big money on the line, there's certain guys that you're going to take a look at and see if they're, you know, are, are those guys going to be able to step up and and you know, in those big money races, it's guys like Sweet, it's guys like Shots, like when there is a big check at the end, they are going to find a way to be a factor. The $75,000 check for him. I think the thing that amazes me also is when you look at the National Open. It's uh it's this historic race, 58 years or whatever it is. 
And I think when you look at the Deweeses of the world and the, the Fred Ramers of the world, Fred only has one of them, but you look at all the William Gro- Williams Grove greats, and then you look at a guy like Steve Kinzer that was in there, it amazes me that Donnie, is, I guess it shouldn't amaze me, but it's impressive that Donnie is the leading race winner with six. It shows how tough that race is, but it shows how good he is at that racetrack as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and you look at somebody like, you know, Darren Pittman. Yeah. How many times oh he's gosh. finished second in that event and as much success as he's had in his career, the fact that he hasn't won that race. It's, it's incredible to see all of the guys that have had so much success, you know, not only in Pennsylvania, but yeah. with the outlaws that haven't won that race. Yeah, to see about, Donnie's done it six times. I know. Yeah, madness. think about that year Fred won it, the last year of his career. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is. It's, it is a tough one to win. That's for, and not that any of the big ones aren't, but, uh, but it really is impressive. The other you-can't-keep-a-good-man-down uh, driver, Sam Haferteep Jr. Now, unlike Donnie, Sam has had a solid, solid season. He's, yep. he's been Sam Haferteep-like all year long. But there's been this one race, the CompCam Short Track Nationals at I-30, that no matter what he does, he can't seem to figure out how to get the victory lane. He's been going there. I don't think he's been perfect attendance, but 2004 was his first attempt at it. Three times he's won prelim nights. Three times he's finished second. He goes there Friday night, trashes a car in the qualifier. Yeah. I mean, so here we go. Here's Sam at (laughs) I-30 again. This looks just like every other time, it seems like. But something changed with Sam. Overnight, they rebuilt the car, built a car, uh, brought out a, a different car. But then the heat race starts, and someone just goes right over the nose of him, takes the, takes the car around, he gets wrecked, and he goes to the back of the heat race. And at that point, there was almost like this sense that he was not going to be stopped. Yep. Drove from last to first in the heat race through the qualifier, took the lead midway through from Roger Crockett, and finally checked it off. Sam Hayfertief Jr. checked it off. That that is such a quality of a of a championship caliber driver like that to be able to to be able to pull the shield down, put the elbows up, and go get something like that finally after so much frustration at a place like that. Well, I think sometimes too, maybe it takes a little bit of adversity to kind of push those guys. It's like, okay, now you're going to start in the back. What are you going to do with that? And it's like, okay, well, I'm in the back. I might as well drive my butt off here and try to get all the way to the front of this thing. Yeah. And I feel like with the way that racetrack is, you know, you can kind of run all over the place. There was opportunities for him to pass yeah. all over the track, and and he certainly made the most of it. God, that's a racy little joint isn't oh, it? oh yeah incredible to watch those races that is there. that is one of my bucket that is one of my bucket list races to go see that just because i mean you watch you watch two heat races there and you're like oh my gosh yeah. it's crazy it's 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 similar to california in in, in some ways it, but but it's a little smoother and dry slick but the similar you know it's kind of it's it's just it's fascinating stuff so it really is so you can't keep a good man down with uh, Donnie Schatz and Sam Hayfertief Jr. both picking up big wins this season. Classic Ink Screen Printing and Embroidery offers full custom driver apparel and crew wear options, full-service embroidery department specializing in headwear and outerwear experience sales team, dedicated sales department and design team, not just for racing, for local businesses, local school districts, sports teams, you name it, they have it. And you can uh, check it all out at www.classicincusa. We talked about Sam Haferteep Jr. Let's take a listen to it. It is on Flow Racing. Roger Crockett with the lead, Tony Bachoven, and Ben Shelton with the call. The CompCam Short Track Nationals, Lucas Oil ASCS National Tour. Check this out. And now for the Dry Dean Death-Defying Move of the Week where one driver simply amazes us with their on-track moves. Sam Hayfertig Jr. trying to close in on Roger Crockett and take advantage of the lap cars running right around the bottom of the racetrack in turn four. Here they come down the front shoot nose to tail. They go to the inside. Two lap cars ahead of your leaders side by side for the lead. 
And Hafertief can't quite make it happen. Now he'll pull even. He edges ahead of Crockett off into three and four. Who's going to lead at the halfway mark? 15 down. Who is your leader at the line? Give it to Hafertief Jr. You've got a new leader. That death-defying move was brought to you by Dry Dean Diesel All Death, the official death of the world of outlaws and wheelmen everywhere. Visit drydean.com for more information. Team Dryden. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. We are in the Hercules Tire Studios in Concord, North Carolina. Justin Fiedler filling in for Aaron Evernham. So glad you're choosing to spend some time with us. Let's go to the Dry Dean Hotline. Joining us off what has been a fantastic season up in central Pennsylvania, Anthony Macri's on the line. Hello, Anthony. Welcome back to Wing Nation. <laughs> What's going on, guys? We're just kind of hanging out. What's going on with you on a Tuesday afternoon? What's uh, what's what's the life of Anthony Macri like on a Tuesday afternoon? Uh, this week, it's uh, going over the car with a fine-tooth comb to hopefully get our first outlaw win this weekend. There you go. What do you think about uh, Port Royal this weekend? I know that's been a track that's been really good for you uh, this season, but uh, with the outlaws coming in, how difficult is it going to be to kind of take on those guys this week at the Port? Uh, it's definitely going to be stiff competition, but uh, I think Jim and I are just going in with the mindset that it's just another race, and, and if we do our jobs, that we should be able to run up front at the end of the night. What has there been about Port Royal this season? Because you have really had a good handle on that track. I mean, I know there's nights when you're you're not quite where you want to be, but but across the board, what's there about that? Your level of enjoyment for that? What's what's that been like for you? Uh, I think it's just uh, you know Jim and I we we put in a lot of hard work and. He's always had a good car there, no matter who he wrenched for. And, and Port Royal is just kind of a track that kind of clicks with my driving style. And and it's always fun to bang it off the boards when, when you get a chance and the track gets that far up. So, I don't know. It's just It just kind of clicks with Jim and I. That's what I wanted to ask you about. You know, we see guys so often there, you know, you, you kind of run it in high and, and bounce that right rear tire off. Is that something you're looking for? Or are you actually trying to make that contact with the wall? Uh, yeah, so uh, I get into the corner and then kind of get the right rear end of the, end of the wall, and it kind of helps me set up the exit of the corner a little bit better and, and gets us a good drive down the straightaways. So that's that's definitely something I, I try to shoot for, and sometimes I hit it a little too hard, but uh, that's all part of the game. Okay, Anthony, this is this is the non-race car driver, okay? I've never strapped in one of these cars, and I drive the speed limit on the highway. You realize when you're bouncing that right rear off that you're at the speed palace and going 120 or so miles per hour, and you you aim to do that. <laughs> uh, be honest with you, I really don't think about how fast we're going. It's just just kind of thinking about what I got to do to get to the front. And, no and doubt, win a race. 
Yeah. You've mentioned Jim a couple of times in your answers. Jim Shuttleworth, this year as your crew chief on it, what has he brought that has uh, that has has helped your game blossom to where it's at right now? Uh, I think the biggest thing is he used to race himself, so when I'm having difficulty, you know, telling him what the car's doing, he can kind of see it, see what I'm doing from a driver's standpoint and, and, and help me understand what's going on and, and how to do stuff differently. And and we just work together well. I mean, we both love what we do. And, and anytime you put hard work and, and passion and some success is, is definitely going to come. We're, we're coming off the National Open at Williams Grove. You had a, a fifth-place finish on night one and, and were the top-finishing posse driver on night two with eighth. How did that weekend go for you? And, and you know, what can you take away from a weekend like that where the outlaws dominated so much? Uh, obviously, uh it wasn't it wasn't a win or anything, but in our book, it, it was a pretty good weekend. And uh, obviously, time trials put us on the eight ball on on Saturday. But I feel like we had a good recovery from that, and it just it kind of gives us the confidence that that we we got a good car and we can come forward and, and the features and stuff. So uh, the confidence is is definitely there there going into this weekend. We just got to do our jobs. Anthony, we talked about a lot of your success in Pennsylvania, and it's been a great season with some big wins across the board. But one of the things you did this year is we saw you go to Knoxville, we saw you run Eldora, and get off the porch, if you will, the old Pennsylvania theme up there. Uh, how important has that been for you as a driver, not only get to different racetracks, but to match up with and race against the Outlaws on multiple occasions away from your traditional stomping grounds? Uh, I tell everyone it, it kind of gets me up on the wheel a little bit more. I mean, as soon as the whole COVID deal hit, and my dad pretty much gave us the okay to go anywhere in the country we had to to get to get a race under our belt. So uh, we loaded the trailer up and, and we spent a month or so with the outlaws there and, and different tracks. And we went out to South Dakota at one point in time, and uh, just driving with them guys who do it do it for a living. It's just it kind of changes how you drive and you got to be up on the wheel because those guys, they don't give you an inch, and you just got to drive harder. So when you come back to PA, you, you kind of have that, that mindset that nobody's going to give you an inch. So when we come back to PA, we, we just always seem to be better when we go to those, those big races. What can you learn when you go out and run places like Peavely, like Knoxville? Is, can you bring anything back to Pennsylvania with you? I, f- I feel like we hear often about how different the Pennsylvania tracks are, but is there anything to learn and you know things that you can be better about when you come home? Uh, I think uh, the biggest thing I learned when I was out racing like Peasley and, and Lake of the Ozarks and stuff is, is how to search around the track for, for speed. I mean, when you race in PA, you kind of have the tendency of just following the car in front of you sometimes. But when we're out on the road, it, I kind of learned to search around the track for some speed and and try and figure out a way to get around the guys in front of you. So that's definitely probably the biggest thing I learned. Mm, that's fascinating. It really is. And I think that that's... Uh... Pretty good lessons for a young sprint car driver, that is for sure. Anthony Macri is our guest here on Wing Nation. He is on the Dry Dean Hotline. And, uh, Anthony, you 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 mentioned that uh, your dad, of course, is uh, the big big supporter of the team here. Is is this kind of sort of what you think you want to do, a sprint car racer? Is this kind of kind of, kind of following along the path that you want to do here for the next portion of your life? Uh, yeah, I think uh, being a professional race car driver is definitely uh, what I want to do for a living. And, and my dad's definitely given me every opportunity to be able to do that, and I can't thank him enough for that. And uh, I think we're I think we're on the right path. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. 
We've seen on social media here recently that you uh, often get confused with Freddie Raymer. And I wanted to ask you, when you're walking around racetracks, how often do people walk up to you and, and, and you know, want your autograph as Freddie Raymer or maybe think that you're Freddie Raymer? Uh, not so much the autograph and the pictures, but, like, I'll be walking through the pits and someone will randomly go, oh, good luck, Freddie. And I, I just kind of shrug it off. It, it happens a lot more than people probably think. I mean, we race in PA every week, and I'm 90% sure there's at least five occasions every weekend that I get called Freddie. Wow, that's fascinating. I, I kind of, uh, I, I saw, in fact, we, we put together, uh, Dietrich got everyone all, I know I know this may shock you, Anthony, but Dietrich got everyone all stirred up. Um, how do you, uh, no, I don't believe that. Yeah, how do you deal with crazy Danny Dietrich stirring the pot with you and everybody else up there? Uh, <laughs> it's a struggle sometimes, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, sometimes you just got to uh, blur them out. I don't know what you want to say, it, but yeah. just ignore them. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that, I, I, first off, Danny Danny's a dear, dear friend of ours on the show here and everything like that. But there are times where it's like he just is just, and I'm like, I wonder what, you know, and then, and you look at it like a guy like Lance, okay, he he's seen it all before. He ain't going to be. But I think about young guys like you, and it's like, you know what's what's crazy, Danny doing, and what the game is. So so just uh, there are times ignoring Danny Dietrich is the acceptable method of uh, method of dealing with him. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think sometimes that's, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> uh, he definitely likes to get under your skin sometimes. <laughs> That's that's honest and fair. That's for sure. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about racing with Kyle Larson this year. I, I know you know between the PA tracks and Pennsylvania Speed Week and you know the All Star starts and all of these things, you race with Kyle a bunch. What can you learn when you're out on the track with Kyle? Uh, <laughs> normally I'm I'm far enough behind him that I can't really see what he's doing. But uh, <laughs> when when you're in the stands, you just kind of watch to see what his car is doing and how he kind of drives and just really just try and gather as much information as you can just by watching him. Is he more aggressive, uh, do you think, than other drivers? It, it seems like he, he sometimes makes moves that other drivers won't. Do you, do you see that when you're out on the track with him? Yeah, definitely. He's he's definitely one of the most aggressive drivers. Like, not in a bad way, but he's he's pretty aggressive, and he knows when to, he knows when to use his stuff and when to save his stuff. So he's definitely he's, he's a pretty smart driver. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, fair and accurate. When watching him, there's times he puts that car in a spot, and then there's other times where he doesn't. And so it's it's managing that. Anthony Macri is our guest. You're going to run Port Royal this weekend. What's the balance of the year hold for you, Anthony? You're going to head west. You're going to stay close to home. You're going to head south. What's what's after Port Royal, or don't you have that laid out just yet? Uh, I think we're going to stay home, and uh, we got a couple shows around home here, and then. Uh... I think uh, Charlotte is in the wheelhouse for us, so cool. and that'll be in the, the year. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Well, I'll tell you what, young man, we have had fun watching you this year, that is for sure, and uh, keep up the good work bouncing that right rear off from the wall at Port Royal, which I don't even understand the the logic of that. Well, I understand the logic of it, but I don't understand the, the, the sanity of it. But uh, we wish you the best, continued success, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. But thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. Thank you. Have a good day. There we go. That is Anthony Macri joining us here on the program. Man, the the young talent, Justin, in our sport is amazing, isn't it? Anthony is one of those guys that you kind of started hearing about, I feel like, a little bit within the last year or two and, and now this year with, you know, all of the winning that he did at Port Royal and, and competing with these guys and, and then getting out to travel. 
um, and, and going to some outlaw shows and small star shows. It's been really fun to watch. What amazes me about some of them is that they're up there bouncing the right. And, and that's one of the things that always shocks me about sprint car racing. And this goes back to like Joey Saldana. Okay, you would think to watch Joey race a car that this must be the wildest man on the planet. Mm -hmm. And you meet him and he looks like your accountant. Oh, yeah. And Anthony, very similarly, you would think, oh, my God, the way this kid drives the car, he lives his life like Tim Kading. Mm -hmm. Well, no, he doesn't live his life. He is this unassuming, quiet and and just rolls through the day and rolls with the punches. I, I find that fascinating about the personalities of some of these guys. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, when, when you know, when you see John Force interviewed, like he's so on the chip all the time. You kind of expect some of these sprint car guys to be the same way, and they're a lot of them yeah. just aren't. Yeah, absolutely, fun stuff that is for sure. Hey, other fun stuff is our friends at Hefner Racing Products because HRP knows sprint car racing, therefore. They know what works best for your team. You can get now HRP. It is that time of the year when you're starting to restock the truck, when you're starting to restock the race shop. Well, HRP has you covered with all of the items for your truck, your transporter, and all of the items for your race shop. The top trailer users, they use HRP accessories to outfit their stock and custom-built units, and you can use HRP as well. Don't settle for anything less than Sprint Car Racing's number one accessory manufacturer, hrpracing.com. That's www.hrpracing.com. Donnie Schatz joins us next. Power isn't born, it's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Hey, Ashley, what are you up to? Oh, I just stopped by to grab some sage fruit apples. Now I just have to decide which ones. You can never go wrong with a Honeycrisp. They're light, crisp, and full of perfectly balanced flavor. Oh, hey. You could always go with one of their classics, the Gala or Fuji. They're both sweet and juicy. Grown in the heart of eastern Washington, Sage Fruit Company works hard on the farm and with their retail partners to provide high-quality apples and pears to consumers all year long. Well, I couldn't decide which ones. Thanks for the help, guys. I'll race you to check out. It is Wing Nation presented by Hercules Tires Ride on Our Strength. We're chatting on the Dry Dean Hotline with, uh, with, with some of our friends here along the way and a guy that uh, took home a big check on Saturday night from Williams Grove. He is the 10-time World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Champion and the winner of six National Opens. Donnie Schatz is on the line. Hello, Donnie. Welcome back to Wing Nation. Hey, guys. How's it going today? We are doing fantastic. I know, Donnie, it hasn't been the year that you've been hoping for, but boy, when the big check, you picked a good time to figure it out on Saturday night. Congratulations. That had to be a big win for you and the guys. It was. It wasn't me. You know, these guys have worked awful hard on trying to get uh, the things right with, uh, you know, this this R&D with the, with the Ford engine, and they've done a great job. Um, we're way ahead of where we expected to be, but, um, you know, we still got a lot of work to do, and it feels like we're finally getting somewhere. So. Um, feels good to, to win a big race and uh, finish where we, we feel like we belong. You guys ran really great in that race. You, you know, you took the lead even before that fuel stop, but then you get the opportunity to have that fuel stop. What adjustments, what things did you guys talk about that you wanted to kind of do different over the last part of that race at that fuel stop? We didn't make a whole lot of adjustment. You know, the car was pretty solid, and I think it's a, when you're leading a race like that, um, it's a do-or-die situation, you know, to try to change something. You know, it, 
that's as good as I'd felt in quite some time. So you're uh, sometimes you can you can over adjust and, and go the other direction. Um, if you're second on back, you probably feel like you got nothing to lose. But uh, my guys didn't change anything. Uh, just checked everything over, um, put fuel in it, and uh, we went. So um, it worked out. Donnie, the racetrack up there is it, it is the most unique racetrack on the tour. And was it was it a typical Williams Grove racetrack on Saturday night, or were there unique things that you uh, you that, that were a little different, or was it was it what you expect when you go to Williams Grove for a big one like that? Um, you know, it the place has been pretty tough this year. It's it's been very uh, wet, heavy, mm-hmm. uh, fast, very hard to pass. So uh, everything boils down to making sure you're in a good spot um, getting qualified. And, you know, that that's important. We didn't get ourselves qualified in that great spot Saturday, but we managed to get through the heat. Um, you know, obviously we had a little luck. We, we got ourselves to second, and um, Shane Shane's motor shut off. So, um, you know, that got us the heat win, but we just needed to be in the top two to get in that dash draw, and um, that's what was important. So uh, without being in that dash draw, I think it, it – Today's uh, today's date, you're not going to see guys come from, um, you know, running a B main and starting at the back to come through the field, not with today's uh, competition and the way things are and the way the racetrack is. The racetrack held up very good all weekend. Um, a lot of people, it was a great event. It was great to see uh, things back to feel like uh, somewhat normal. Well, you talk about there about the track being tough to pass on, and, and I'm curious, especially kind of in the late stages, you get into lap traffic, you've got Kyle Larson out back. Do you kind of have to take more chances, you know, working through lap traffic to try to stay out front there? Well, you, it just depends what the scenario is. Um, you know, if you get to lap traffic halfway through the race and, and uh, guys have started to move down a little bit and you have trouble getting by them, you, you may not, uh, you know, push the issue as much. Um, it didn't feel, you know, Kyle said he thought it was rubbered up pretty hard and it really didn't feel that way to me. One end felt pretty, um, you know, cleaned off a little bit, but, uh, the other end wasn't. And, um, you know, when I got with a couple laps to go, um, you know, I knew he was second and, you know, he's notorious for going for it. That's what he does. So, you know, I knew I I was going to have to push myself and I, I got to Lucas Wolf and, um, I tried running the top of one and two and I just couldn't, couldn't make the pass. So. Uh, I had to get myself back down there. You know, it gave gave Kyle a good shot to get there, and um, you know, at that point, you're uh, you got to decide what you want to do if you're, you want to take any more chances. And I took one. Um, it didn't work, so it was it was uh, in my best interest to get back down on the bottom where where my car was better, and it seemed like even the lap cars were were better down there too. So um, that got us to the finish being there. Nice, nice. Fascinating stuff. It really, truly is how you guys deal with all of the challenges as a race car driver. You mentioned just a bit ago that the event, there was a lot of people around and it felt somewhat close to normal. Well, it felt somewhat close to normal, I'm sure, for you. You had a little incentive package over in the third turn, I guess. Some fans were starting to jaw with you early on. Um, do you, uh, so you 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 busted them in victory lane and talked about that. How often do you get that? Do you get that at Pennsylvania all the time? Is is that normal up there? And 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 does it do, does it get you up on the wheel even a little bit more? Like although I can't imagine that. Look, that's normal in PA. It's fine. Yeah. It's uh, you know I didn't take you don't take offense to it. You know a long time ago, um, Ted Johnson. If anybody remembers him, some of the young guys probably missing out on a lot by not knowing a guy like Ted, but. He come up one night on the golf cart in the middle of the races. I think it was probably 97, 98, 99, somewhere in there. And yeah. he says, come on, Donnie, we're going for a ride. And when Ted come and picks you up on the golf cart, 
um, you know, you knew it was uh, you was either in trouble or he needed something. And <laughs> we went for a ride, and he drove his golf cart through the backstretch gate right down the backstretch. And, and there was no racing going on. It was intermission or something. And as we were going down the backstretch, we got everything thrown at us except for a live human being, I think. we mm-hmm. There was pop cans and burgers and, and the whole way down that backstretch. I was scared to death. I didn't realize that the fans were that passionate and that fiery, and they hated the outlaws that much. And uh, Ted just just looked at me and smiled with the hugest smile, and he said, and every one of them paid to get in. That's the fun part, and just giggled. So, you know, it's it's a lesson that I learned a long time ago. Um, The camaraderie is huge. Um, It's fun to be a part of. And I just happened to be the other night. You know, they they stopped us in turn three, waiting for the race to line up, and I was parked next to Brad. and uh, they started chanting, Donnie shot sucks. So I looked over and waved at him. And, uh, you know, it was just a, it was just some friendly banner. It's, uh, we, just, we don't take nothing serious. You know, it's, uh, we're glad we got fans like that. We, we're glad that we can uh, agree to disagree some days. But um, it's all good. Going back to Knoxville, I know you didn't have the Knoxville you wanted. But since then, you've ripped off 15 top 10s in a row. You've got two wins in the last five races. What's been different here over the last couple of months since Knoxville? Well, the engine program is obviously what's changed. It's, um, you know, the, the, the R and D part of this is very hard, um, to try to get things right. You, you know, you can sit here and say, yeah, we need to go test. We need to go test. Um, but until you go race it, you really don't know what's what you can feel good at a test anywhere in the country, but unless you have other cars to gauge things off of it, it's hard to tell. Um, you know, there's been a lot of things that we've had our hands tied with. Um, a lot of things because of what COVID has done to manufacturing, and not being able to get certain things and, and also what it's done to uh, not being able to change the things that we need. You know, we've, they've got an awesome, uh, awesome piece that, that we put together. We have some things that we need to change around um, in the cylinder heads and in a few other areas. And in order to do that, we have to be able to produce more cylinder heads. And we have not been able to do that um, in the last 12 months. So what we had is, is, um, what we had to work with, and now we're being able to start to change some of that stuff, and um, that's where you're seeing the performance difference. You're seeing um, the changes that are coming fr- coming first and foremost, and there's still a lot of things left to do. But um, there's been a lot of uh, behind the scenes, a lot of uh, a lot of work from Ford, a lot of work from Rick Warner, Andy Durham, Ron Shaver. There's a lot of people involved, and um, sometimes the the corporate approach to things is a little bit slower to make a change than what. Uh, it would be in, in my back shed. You know, we, if you want to drill a hole on something, you just go drill a hole in something if it's in my back shed. But when it's corporate America, it's, uh, you know, you got to have a lot of decisions from a lot of people to make that uh, forthcoming. That is fascinating. And, and, and as you lay it out, it makes so much sense because what you guys did, this thing, you have basically taken a, 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 an engine and built it. You, you guys, Tony Stewart, Andy Durham, I know Ron, I know Shaver's been involved in it. You, th- this is, this is a block of iron and you've created this pretty impressive. It's got to be frustrating that you don't have all the wins that you have, but it's got to be impressive. Also the, the effort that they've done in the last year and a half or two years. It is. It's it's a huge process, and you know a lot of people's mentality is, uh, well, why didn't you just copy what you had? You can't. It's not. It, it's not even close. There's <laughs> there's nothing to copy, and that's the mentality of a lot of this sport is uh, monkey see, monkey do. Um, a lot of the the other engines that are out there, um, you know, they're they're a copy of this or a copy of that. One guy takes the motor here, and they, this an engine builder sees that. 
Um, that's something that, that this is from the ground up. There's, there's none of that. So you have to work through those things. And um, we knew we were going to have to do that. We just didn't think it was going to be quite as intricate as, as what it has been. But um, it, it's, uh, I can tell you it's pretty rewarding at the end of it um, to be able to be this, this far along um, a year into this program. Um, you know, we've had a, what we consider a terrible year, and we still have a shot at the championship. So uh, to have that, you know, makes uh, gives everybody the extra motivation, and now is when things are starting to go the right way. So we'll just do our best and see where we, where we will land, and um, I know the future is pretty bright with it. When we talk about the championship, we hear from drivers all the time about, you know, I'm not looking at the standings or I'm not worried about that. I'm just trying to, you know, do what I do on a nightly basis. At what point do you actually start looking at the standings? I mean, right now you've got six races left. Have you have you taken a peek? You know, are, are you thinking about that now? Is it in the back of your mind when you go out there? All I know is I'm not leading it by 200 points, so I'm going to be, you know, that's the, that's the you have to go after it. It's, um, you know, that's where I know we're at. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, right, to the point where it's at, but it's not just winning it. It's second, it's third, it's fourth. You know, we've, we've put ourselves in a, in a not such a comfortable position to, to finish out the year, but um, you know, you can't sit and dwell on those things. You have to keep it in the back of your mind. Um, is it going to cause me to, to do something extremely silly on the racetrack? I've never done that. I've never uh, tried to go past what, what my capabilities were to, you know, hope it works out. Okay. That's not, that's not smart. You have to, Treat it like it's a business and make a business decision on and off the racetrack. So that's what we're going to do. Final question for you. Uh, it it kind of wraps into the point battle, but it also wraps into what's up next. Port Royal Speedway this weekend. You won there last year. The Outlaws only had one race there last year with a rain out. So it's a really, really good track. And it's one of those tracks in Pennsylvania where you can make a difference in the point battle because a guy can have a really good night and still finish 12th there. Do you look at that as an opportunity on that and just kind of preview going back to the Speed Palace, especially with the renewed confidence you guys have here as you roll through the end of this season? Absolutely. Um, you look at every race as an opportunity. Um, you have to. That's yeah. um, that's the only way you're going to get there from the position we're in is is using every night as an opportunity. Um, you know, it's been one of our better tracks, which is good for for my guys. And and um, you know, we're we're pretty excited to be going back there this weekend. Hopefully, the weather holds and we can get two big nights. And you're right. That's exactly what it boils down to. Is uh, you can have a, a good finish of 12th there. I mean, we've seen that last year. I think Brad was somewhere around there, and it closed it up even more because we won the race so um yeah it's uh you have you like i said you got to use every night as as that opportunity and um we'll just see what happens it, you know it can also bite you too that um you know i think everybody's seen what 2020 has done uh it's thrown everyone a curveball from every angle possible so <laughs> i'm sure we're not done getting curveballs before the season's over Boy, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Well, congratulations. Uh, you got the big check on Saturday night. We always appreciate your time here on Wing Nation, and uh, we wish you the best over the balance of the season, Donnie. Thank you, guys. There we go. Donnie Shots. You can't keep a good man down, and he certainly was rolling on uh, on Saturday night. Fascinating to me, and I guess I didn't think about the the uh, the, the building. I understand the, the, the whole build of the Ford engine, the whole we're not copycatting things, we're building it from the ground up. I get that. But I didn't think about it from the from the COVID effect to not being able to produce parts. Hey, we want to change this. 
well, that's great, but we can't change it because nobody's producing anything. That 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 that's something you just can't plan on. Oh yeah, and you know that's it's one of those things that you you don't even realize that that's going to be a problem. It's you know the yeah. supply chain issues for all sorts of businesses are have been very real this year. And and you know to think about that it wouldn't affect sprint car racing, but you know it makes sense when you start to think about you know all of the things they're going to need and all the different companies they need them from that this would be an effect on them. No doubt, fun stuff that's for sure. Have you ever heard of the FPS four ten sprint car engine? Well, Donnie just talked about it. And you certainly will hear more going future. It's a result of a collaboration between Ford Performance, Tony Stewart Racing, and Durham Racing Engines. Tony Stewart used it last year to get the first win in mid-August. A couple weeks later, Donnie Schatz took a 410-equipped sprint car, a Ford uh, sprint car, to victory lane at Lakeside. And Saturday night, it was Schatz again with that Ford-powered machine getting the biggest win of 2020, the Williams Grove National Open. So what's an FPS 410's future? The goal is an engine that can challenge for victories in series across the country as part of a Ford Performance customer program. Now that sounds like a winner. Stay with us. More Wing Nation in just a moment. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. It is Wing Nation. You know, our friends at Aggressive Hydraulics produce aggressive, uh, hydraulic solutions for virtually every industry that uses hydraulic cylinders. For instance, agriculture, construction, defense, emergency services, energy, food processing, forestry, marine, mining, railway, and truck equipment. I am telling you, it is amazing what they do with their uh, telescopic cylinders, the multi-stage telescopic cylinders, and the mobile-style single-stage cylinders. No one-size-fits-all approach, and you can learn more by checking out the video of their story at www.aggressivehydraulics.com. We like to look back into the history just a little bit. We do it under the guise of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame birthday calendar. Yesterday, John C. Nance. Tomorrow, Ken Coles, Emmett Buzz Barton, Eddie Rickenbacker on Thursday. Of course, one of the big names at Indianapolis, Everett Saylor, Gary Stanton, engine builder. Friday, Bruce Brom, Pat O'Connor. Our Keith Hall, Donnie Kreitz has a birthday coming up on Friday, Spider-Web, Emmett Hahn on Saturday. Man, we got a lot of, we had like a week ago, we had no birthdays in a week, and this year I think we got half of the half of the building there. But today is, and we tip a cap to Lance DeWeese, it is Lance's birthday. He's a 2018 inductee into the Hall of Fame. Justin, what I love about our sport is that we have a Hall of Famer that we not only read about in a in a museum, we have a Hall of Famer on Friday and Saturday night 
that could beat the world of outlaws, and it wouldn't shock anybody. Oh no, I mean Tusky fifty winner, I and I mean it's incredible. Uh, hopefully, Lance is playing some golf today. I know uh, he's a big golfer, so hopefully he's getting a chance to get oh, out there and God, swing yeah. the sticks a little bit. Yeah, man, he is he is into it. He has a, a golf simulator in his office. He was telling us, yeah, and he is just ate up with this golf thing. Yeah. A couple years ago, he was talking about going on some seniors tour. I mean, heck, m- might as well. I mean, make it work. He's, Keep the competitive juices yeah, flowing. Beating everybody in sprint cars, you probably well, do golf too. That's the problem. I, how can you do it all? You know, I mean. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so Lance DeWeese, our birthday calendar guy today, and we certainly do love watching him wheel that number 69K. A couple of items from the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. They have the uh, SprintCarStuff.com, www.SprintCarStuff.com, and they're giving away that EMI chassis, Speedway Motors, uh, race-ready 410 Sprint Car. It is at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's www.SprintCarRaffle.com. And with that, we're going to put a big old bow around this one. Wing Nation Apparel is available. We'll be at Fremont this weekend with the Wing Nation Apparel available on the All-Star Circuit of Champions trailer. Also, it is available at www.WingNation.com. We're going to chat, have a fascinating visit with Kevin Rudine. Justin's going to sit in on our podcast later this week. And so Kevin Rudine, owner of that number 26 car, we're going to talk to him about his passion for sprint car racing. And then coming up this weekend, Wing Nation, our television show. Uh, this We've already recorded this one. This is a fun, fun show. His Twitter handle is Complete Chaos. Name is AJ Flick. He is one of the great Western Pennsylvania drivers. So we look forward to that this weekend on a television set near you. Wing Nation has been brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Watch Wing Nation Saturday mornings on MAV-TV. You can also find Wing Nation on wingnation.com or your favorite podcast provider. Wing Nation is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. 